Welcome to Powered by Magic, where we discuss topics surrounding magic and common or not so common questions. Let's take this journey together. Hi, I'm Tatiana with my cat, Ember. And I'm Sylvia. And we are coming to you from Eugene, Oregon. We invite you to conjure up a room and ride with us. All right, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing great, except for my cat being half on my lap and half off my lap and right in the middle of all of the computer stuff, as you can well see, but nobody else can. So right in the middle of everything. Don't know what she's going to do next, so that makes it difficult. But other than that, I'm just fantastic. We, again, are recording in advance, so what we're talking about as far as our lives go is going to not sound on time. But we just had Thanksgiving Yep, here in the U.S., and I had a lovely Thanksgiving, rather unexpected, because I wasn't really feeling up to celebrating Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and normally I just celebrate it with one other friend, and this year it ended up being him and his friends, the one year that I'm not in the mood. Oh, no. <laughs> it was lovely. We had a great oh, time, but I just wasn't prepared for that. Mm-hmm. We made it easy, and everybody participated and oh, good. helped out so it was it was lovely how about you i had a great thanksgiving i had two of them actually i went with my dad to my aunt and my uncles and it turned out much better than i expected and it was much less awkward than i thought it was going to be that was lovely and then i went to thanksgiving with my friend to her mom and stepdad's it was nice, and we sat, and we ate, and talked, and watched YouTube videos, and yeah. Sounds lovely. Yeah, it was. It was very nice. Fantastic. Okay, so moving on, we are doing, in this episode, the history of magic in ancient China, and heck, we'll throw in a couple of witches just for the fun of it. <laughs> Today, we have the magic of ancient China. And little is known of these early days of the Chinese, just stories that, you know, go from mouth to mouth. But we're going to start where writing starts. The dynasty started around 2000 BC, and writing started about 1400 to 1200 BC. So there's, at least, there's a lot there that we don't have written down. But from the beginning, what is left of writing is turtle shells and bone fragments generally used for divination by writing your question on the turtle shell or bone fragment, throwing it in the fire, and then seeing where it cracks. The location of the cracks would tell you what the answer is to your question. Religion in the Shang dynasty was centered around ancestor worship. Ancestors were good men that were deified. The greatest among these were the emperors, and the greatest among them was the Shang Di, the highest lord. Other great powers included the sun, the moon, and the earth itself. Wu, or what we might call shamanism, began somewhere in the Shang dynasty, which ran from 1556 to 1046 BCE. These were both men and women that acted as intermediaries between the spirit world and the mundane world. They were spirit mediums, exorcists, fortune tellers, and healers. One of the functions of Wu was rain dances and drought. Uh, Sadly, sometimes a Wu or a disabled person would be sacrificed to appease the god or gods during a drought. In the later Zhu dynasty, 1045 to 246 BC, 
Wu referred to a woman shaman or sorceress, and Xi referred to a male shaman or sorcerer. Religion turned from the ancestor gods of the Shang to agricultural gods of nature for the Zhu. Here we had the balance between earth and heaven, earth being Di and heaven being Tian. Later Zhu dynasty is when the I Ching was primarily used as a system of divination. The I Ching is a collection of wisdom divided up into 64 hexagrams. They are called hexagrams because they are divided up into six lines, one stacked on top of the other in parallel. Originally, the prediction and resulting hexagram was found, but we're not exactly sure how that was done then. Eventually, yarrow stalks or sticks were used. I like that you explained that. That's something that I haven't ever really been that great at. Mm -hmm. I've, you know, looked at it before and tried to understand it. I've worked with it a little bit, but I really appreciate you explaining that for my sake, if nobody else's. Yeah, thank you. One piece of magic cast that we know of was by the Emperor Wang Meng in 23 CE. He was not the emperor at the time, though. He directed the power of the Big Dipper against his enemies using a device made for finding the position of it. It was a tool to find the position of the Big Dipper, but they used it to direct that at his enemies, direct the power of the Big Dipper at his enemies. It's like a curse, kind of. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Here we go. We're starting with the cat on the lap again. Originally, magic was done to bridge the gap between the spirit world and the mundane. But during the subsequent ages, 403 BCE to 220 CE, magic proliferated and branched out from its original purpose. During this same period, though, the Wu's prestige went into decline. Instead, Feng Shi, or Master of Recipes, were now becoming the new purveyor of magic and occult practices, as well as the Taoist clergy. There is also some evidence that magic pervaded everyday life. Some Han emperors were particularly interested in magic and kept Wu and Feng Shi around. This is a boon for us, as records kept helped show the state of magic. One Han in particular, Liu Che, after his death known as Wu Di, who was from 140 to 87 BCE, kept Feng Shi and Wu. One Feng Shi in particular, Li Xiaowang, gained favor by conjuring up a deceased concubine of Wu Di, but was put to death later after it was found that he was faking portents. At the end of Wu Di's reign, there was an outbreak of dark shamanic magic known as Gu. G-U. Some accounts have oh, Gu. Oh, come on. It had to be Gu. G-O-O. <laughs> come on. It had to be. Some accounts have the Gu being made by putting a ton of animals in a jar and then waiting till there was only one left, and that was the Gu. There wouldn't be much left of anything except Gu if you stuck a bunch of things in a jar. <laughs> Yeah, it just sounds like maybe goo actually came from goo. Right? Ingesting a goo could make it so that you die and then would serve the shaman in your afterlife. Yeah, I wouldn't want to ingest that. No. Other accounts of goo say it's a demonic affliction that attacks its victim because of witchcraft. There's also accounts of wooden effigies buried at the court that were meant to harm Woody which would be another... I'm not sure if goo is supposed to be another word for, like, black magic or dark magic or 
what have you, or if it's a specific something. It didn't really specify. Okay. Sometime after the Han Dynasty, magic and religions not under the power of the state became seen as subversive and also seen as usurping the power of the emperor. These unsanctioned practices were labeled abusive worship and called the way of the left. This is one possibility for how we got the wording of the left-hand path. But in China, the way of the left was seen as unsanctioned magic and religion rather than what we think of as dark magic today here in the West. And I'm going to change that too. Because that's supposed to be the way of the left, not the left-hand path. Taoist and Buddhist clergies also despised witchcraft that did not follow their own practices. Which is funny, because they often practiced what they condemned in others. This is only the very beginning of magic in China. We may go later go into later ages and explore how magic evolved. Great. I hope to hear more about that. Yeah. So now we have Tatiana's witches. Yeah, we're going to have two today. Ooh. We're going to start with Eleanor, Duchess of Gloucester. Eleanor Cobham, circa 1400 to July 7th, 1452. That's how, that was her original, you know, her maiden name. Okay. She was in 1425 a lady-in-waiting to Jacqueline de Hainholt. During this time, she became a mistress of Humphrey, Duke of Gloucester. It was in January of 1428 when she became the second wife to Humphrey, Duke of Gloucester, when his marriage to Jacqueline was annulled. According to some accounts, Eleanor was beautiful, intelligent, and ambitious, and Humphrey was cultivated, pleasure-loving, and famous. Through various events over the next several years, she, in 1436, was pronounced as a duchess. By this point, she held some influence in the court at Le Plaisance in Greenwich. She was eventually accused of witchcraft by King Henry VI. King Henry believed that Eleanor had it out for him and was trying to assassinate him. This was based on a consultation she had held with some astrologers, telling her the king would get sick and die. News of this traveled to his ears, and he had the astrologers questioned. Naturally, they denied that they had predict actually predicted this. Rather, it was Eleanor who had instigated the necromancy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We all have heard this story before. Mm-hmm. She quickly escaped to Westminster Abbey before they were able to arrest her. By the courts of law, she wasn't able to be tried while there. However, she was questioned by religious men, and although she denied most charges, she did confess to getting potions from Marjorie Jordemain. These had nothing to do with what she was being questioned for. Rather, she claimed there were mixtures to help her conceive. She was eventually captured and sentenced to life imprisonment. In 1441, she was sentenced to do public atonement by having to walk to three churches during market days so as to publicly humiliate her as much as possible. Then she was forced to divorce her husband to strip her of any titles she had, thus taking away any claims to an inheritance she could have had. And finally, she was to be sentenced to prison. Over the years, she was moved from one castle to the next until her demise at Beaumarie Castle in Angelsea on July 7, 1452. 
and I had a cat completely distracting me. Yes, you did. (laughs) Trying to keep her away so I can concentrate. Okay, so we're going to move on to Marjorie Jordamain because they were so intertwined, I thought that it would be good to do both of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Not much is known about Marjorie, but she was married to a yeoman, William Jordamain, who was in fact a cowherd. A yeoman is a person who cultivates a small farm, according to Merriam-Webster. The last name, Jordamain, is possibly from the old French meaning day laborer, jour de main. What is unusual about her is that despite being a peasant, she had connections to astrologers, clerics, and courtiers. One of her ties was that of a 10-year relationship with Eleanor, Duchess of Gloucester. Some of the other significant ones were with John Hume, Thomas Southwell, and Roger Bolingbroke, who was Eleanor's personal clerk. These were all astrologers of the time. Two of these astrologers, Southwell and Bolingbroke, were the ones who had helped Eleanor in the prediction of King Henry's demise. They were later found guilty of sorcery and put to death. Bolingbroke was hung, drawn, and quartered at the Tower of London. Southwell did not suffer the same fate, but nonetheless died in the Tower. The Witch of Eye, also known as Marjorie Jordemain, was burnt at the stake in Smithfield. And that wraps that up, bringing them together. Yeah, that's sad. It's very sad. It's a very common story amongst all of the witch trials that went on. Mm-hmm. It always seems the guys have the nicer fates. Yeah, I feel a little, like, not that I wanted this to happen, but I feel a little vindicated that the guys in this case actually did get... Yeah, they did get... Get their own. Yeah. But, of course, it's horrible because none of them were guilty. Yeah. Yeah, it's just mm. all messed up. All messed up, indeed. All right. Moving on to you with The Witch's Broom. The Witch's Broom nowadays is a tool for sweeping out bad energies during ritual, or in the mundane world, sweeping out dirt. The first instance of a witch writing a broom in art is in the margin of a 1451 French manuscript called Le Champion de Dame by Martin Lefranc. The first person accused of writing a broom was actually a guy. (laughs) Guillaume Edlin was an Augustinian priest that was accused after he rejected the church's warning that witches were running amok in his area. He was tortured and subsequently confessed to making a pact with the devil and writing on a broomstick. Curious. Mm Mm-hmm. During the Middle Ages, there were also flying ointments made with psychoactive and often poisonous plants. To avoid getting poisoned instead of ingesting it, the ointments were applied to the skin of sensitive areas. And sensitive areas. Hmm. Mm-hmm. There were some cases I read where it was a, the ointment was applied to a witch's broom. One would straddle the broom and run around jumping and apparently having a lot of fun. And therefore thinking they were flying. Yes. (laughs) They would get high and think they were flying. (laughs) Well, in a sense, they were. Yeah. Their brain was flying high. (laughs) All right. Time for tarot. Today we have the Eight of Pentacles. Here we have financial success through hard work done. Well-earned wealth attained through skill. 
This is a sign that you have honed in on what you are capable of and are applying it in your life. If you haven't experienced this yet, it is likely that you will soon. You can manifest this reality quite easily if you have confidence in yourself. In terms of today's episode, be sure you're not being a show-off about your success. Be humble. All too often people can get jealous and thwart your efforts. Lay low and keep on doing what you're doing because you're on the right path. What is it that you're good at in your life that affects you mon your monetary situation? How can you apply it in more ways to further that application and your prosperity? Delve into that area more to continue to receive what you deserve. And that's that. Aha! Very nice. Thought it went well with today's mm -hmm. program. Yeah. Well then, please rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you found us. I am Tatiana, saying goodbye for now, minus the kitty cat who is now on the floor playing with the other kitty cat. <laughs> okay. Saying goodbye for now. And I'm Sylvia saying so long, and thank you for writing with us. This has been Powered, Powered by, by Magic. Magic. Thank you, everyone, so thank much. Thank you. Have a great day or night. Right.